Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back, everyone, to the Go247 podcast. I'm uh, Glenn West, the senior writer here at the site, uh, joined once again by Dylan Sanders. Um we got one more non-conference game before the heart of SEC schedule picks up here. Uh, one more home non-conference game against New Mexico. We'll get into all that stuff. Uh, but there's also been some some pretty significant, or I, I wouldn't say significant, maybe just slightly interesting breaking news uh, for LSU, uh, you know, off the football field. Um, and then there's been some interesting kind of uh, progressions as kind of this uh, this weekend's game takes fold. But uh, We'll get all of that, but first, Dylan, how's it, how are you doing, man? What's going on? Doing good. Just uh, again, just fitting into the the uh, football season. Yep. Well, well, yeah, right now as we're going, where there's some college football on Thursday night football. It's the best time of the year. We're, we're soon. We really are going to have football Monday through Friday, and I just Monday through Sunday, and I can't wait. <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's a very it's a very fun time for everyone who follows college football, everyone who follows football in general. Um, so yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be touching on a lot of stuff here. We'll get we'll get started here, but before uh, before everything you know kind of kicks off, we just like to remind you guys to like and subscribe on YouTube. Uh, make sure you're subscribing wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, it always gives us a big jolt there and a big help for us uh, as we try to grow this thing out a little bit. So. Uh, any kind of contributions in that form would be very welcomed. Um, but with that, I mean, you know, we got a big game coming up here on Saturday against New Mexico. Um, obviously a, a team that, you know, LSU kind of comes in heavily favored. It's a 31 point, 31, 32 point favorite for LSU, depending on the, the various uh, betting sites. But uh, I think it's, it's, it's one of those games where you're going to see um, a lot of players get opportunities. A lot of young guys get some opportunities. Um, we'll certainly get to, some of that talk a little bit later, um, but I think we should probably start with a little bit of the breaking news here. Um, obviously, the decision earlier this this you know on Thursday that came down from the NCAA in terms of the infractions and everything, um, you know, and it's the in the case revolving you know former offensive line coach James Craig. Um, you know, the, the details, the infractions were released today. Um, you know, really just kind of a slap on the wrist, I think, for LSU. I mean, it was a uh, a lot of that stuff in there, if you kind of read the details of the report, uh, was self-imposed. You know, I think the the big thing that was kind of released today was LSU got a, a year-long probation. They got fined $5,000. Um, but really, a lot of the other stuff, you know, they, they have a limit of the official visits now to 55 uh, during the 2022-23 season. 
Um, they have a one-week you know, prohibition against unofficial visits in the football program. Um, they have a reduction of seven evaluation days uh, before the, the fall 2021 evaluation period, so that's kind of already taken place. Um, you know, a lot of these things were kind of uh, self-imposed, you know, even before this report came out. And so from what I understand, uh, LSU thinks that it came out very, very well, as well as you could in this kind of circumstance. And I think it really helps, um, you know, kind of their uh, their countersuit or whatever that is that they're trying to do with Coach Craig, who actually won, you know, $500,000 in a lawsuit that he filed uh, after being fired from LSU because of these various recruiting violations. So, um, you know, it kind of helps them out a little bit. Um, I think probably one of the big takeaways that I have just overall is that there seems to be kind of a, you know, a cooperation here from LSU's side of things, uh, which I think really bodes well for the uh, the big investigation that's still really months away from having a final decision. Uh, the IARP that involves LSU basketball and the football programs combined. Uh, that's going to be the really big one here that we'll certainly learn more and more about as the months go on. But, um, you know, just really not much else to say, I guess, on the on the Coach Craig stuff. You know, we were – I think we were all bracing for impact in the early morning hours when that news first broke. But as the morning kind of went on, we we heard what it was going to be about. And so uh, really nothing much else to touch on there. But – uh, other than, you know, it looks like LSU came out pretty well in that situation. So uh, we'll see uh, what, 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 what it looks like, I guess, with the big investigation moving forward. Um, I guess with that, we can move on to actual football on the field and with the game uh, on Saturday. Uh, we just got off from meeting with Coach Kelly on Thursday afternoon. Uh, he gave us a little bit of news, uh, you know, in regards to Kayshawn Booty. Uh, he will not be on the field. On Saturday, when LSU plays New Mexico, he's going to be, uh, you know, essentially expecting his first child with his girlfriend. So uh, it sounds like they are uh, in the very late stages of all that stuff. And so Coach Kelly gave him an excused absence for this game. Um, but it does open up a lot of opportunities, I think, for some of these LSU receivers who are very, very talented. But, um, you know, some some of them haven't really gotten going, I think, the way that they were hoping so. I guess with that, Dylan, you know, you, you lose obviously a, a huge piece to your puzzle in Kayshawn, but you have a lot of guys there to back him up. Uh, just talk about what you think that news, I guess, does for the receiver room this weekend. Well, we've talked a lot about Malik Neighbors benefiting from all of uh, Kayshawn getting all of the attention from the, the main part of the defense. So now it'll be a kind of a look towards next season where Kayshawn assumed to not be here. Um It'll be interesting to see how they handle a little bit more focus on Malik Neighbors, Brian Thomas. Um, so it'll be interesting to see who can really step out and if anyone can take over with the absence of the game-changing piece that Kayshawn is. Yeah, I mean, I agree. And I think probably the first name that I'm looking at um, and as a guy that we wrote about this week is a, you know, three players to watch for our uh, our weekly series on just – guys that we think could have expanded roles in the game. I think Jack Besh's name really comes to mind here um, as a guy that LSU could really, really rely on this weekend. Um, it's been a little bit of a tough sledding for Jack so far this season. Um, you know, he dealt with the, the the stress fracture in his leg for most of fall camp. He was really limited in how much he was practicing uh, throughout most of that fall camp. Um, and really the first three weeks, it's just not 
it's been a little bit of a struggle. He's got two catches, you know, he's got a, you know, nice touchdown uh, that he got in the Southern game, but um, you know, he, he was the guy, I mean, outside of Kayshawn last year, he was probably your most consistent receiver um, a year ago. Um, and, you know, I think there was a lot of high expectations coming in for him this year. Um, and LSU really, really wants to get him going. I know that much. Uh, Coach Kelly's talked about it a couple times this week, how they want to get Jack going. They want to get him involved. I think you're going to see him a lot in the slot. Um, and I think, you know, kind of one of the reasons I think maybe he hasn't had the you know progression that many, many people thought is because Malik has been taking up a lot of those slot snaps and doing – a really good job slot is a as a really a, a really foundational piece for this offense, but I think they're going to be able to move Malik around a lot uh, this weekend with no Kayshawn. It's going to open up a lot for Jack Besh, uh, so I'd expect a really big weekend out of him. Yeah, I uh, I'm I'm just excited to see who steps up, and yeah, uh, we Kelly's mentioned needing to get Jack Besh involved more, saying that it's more of a coaching failure than a player failure. So this is a, a this is a week, and, and this is the kind of opponent you're favored by thirty. You expect to try some new things out, get some new players involved. Um, so yeah, I'm looking for Jack Besh to easily have his best game of the season, or at least have the opportunity to have the best game of the season. Yeah, I agree completely. I think there's, you know, really a lot that we're going to be looking at, but not really from an outcome standpoint. You know, I think there's a kind of a preconceived notion that if LSU goes out there and handles its business uh, early, that this one could get uh, decided rather quickly. I'm going to be more interested and see how uh, they utilize a lot of these players, you know, in terms of just what their roles could look like moving forward this season. Could, you know, some guys that maybe that are lower on the depth chart right now really play well and kind of work their way into some series moving forward uh, against some stiffer competition. Um, you know, name that comes to mind is, is Harold Perkins, the linebacker. I think his role is only going to expand. Yeah, I, I, I note on him, um, I was looking at LSU's most recent depth chart release that they put in the game notes. Um, and Harold Perkins is now officially the Jack two. He's, he's second behind Ocelari at that Jack position. Um, so that's, that's definitely a good thing to see. Cause he had a huge impact, uh, when, whenever he was on the field. No, I, I agree completely. And, you know, we, we, Kelly was asked about this on Monday, I believe. And he said, look, it's, it's going to be tough sled and beating out Ojalary for that Jack spot in terms of, you know, consistent rotations. But I think that you're going to be able to move, Perkins around a lot, especially if you're playing with a lot of three down lineman rotations. Uh, you can get an extra linebacker out on the field, uh, keep Ojalary out on the field as well, and and really have some great athleticism and some great speed uh, to really uh, you know kind of mess with some of these defenses and or some of these offenses, I should say. Um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be interested to see kind of how uh, Jay Ward continues to progress. You know, that was obviously a really breakout performance for him. Uh, last weekend um, you know defensively I think this is going to be a game where you know it's going to be very run heavy I mean we know this about New Mexico they're going to be very run heavy I believe they ran it uh, close to 40 times last weekend and they threw it about 19 or 20 um, so there's going to be a discrepancy there and I think you're going to have to really be uh, locked in and focused if you're this front seven uh, you're going to have to handle the run and if you can do that and make their quarterback beat you. I think LSU is going to be in really good shape defensively. But uh, I know yeah, you had a, I know you had a chance to to write a lot about New Mexico this week. We that's kind of the assignment we put on you kind of weekly here is kind of getting to know the opponent a little bit. 
Um, what, what are your thoughts on this New Mexico team and just um, maybe a few players that, that you should be on the lookout for and, and, and just, you know, kind of the overall look of this offense and defense. Yeah. So, you know, you never want to overlook any, any opponents. We've seen major upsets happen already this year, but truthfully LSU has no excuse to probably even give up a touchdown against New Mexico. Like the, yeah, at least the, the starting defense should not be struggling at all. They don't have an excuse The the New Mexico has been just to put it lightly, terrible uh, on offense the past couple of years under the same offensive coordinator. They were 130th out of 130 teams last season. Uh, their bottom, I think 115 ish right now. Uh, they scored 12 points a game last season, and it's pretty much it's not it's not that different of an offense. It's at least the same system. So this is a team that is not known for their their offense. So LSU's defense, with how good they are and how good they can be, should not struggle at all. They really don't have an excuse. Uh, but in, in terms of if someone is going to um, make an impact, I, I highlighted Jordan Porter. I believe is his name, uh, wide receiver from for New Mexico. Um, he is a former teammate of Jaden Daniels. He was a three star coming out of high school. Uh, had had a ton of offers from top schools. He's athletic. He has SEC receiver size. He's like six two, six one, one ninety. Um, so if they're if they're gonna have someone break through in the passing game, it'd probably be him. Uh, but where this team really shines is defense. They have a, re- they actually do have a really good defense. Um, so if you're LSU and you're hoping to find a, find a rhythm, at least r- running the ball, their run defense is great. Uh, they have some fantastic safeties. They run a similar three three five defense uh, to Mississippi State. Um, it's it's a it's the Rocky Long disciple yeah. um, kind of defense. So you're not going to see too different of a defensive approach from last week, which I guess is a benefit towards LSU. They've been focusing on this kind of defense, um, but don't count out the uh, the players of New Mexico. Uh, New Mexico. I keep I keep calling New Mexico State. It's gonna ha- it's gonna happen all week. I'm probably gonna write it a couple of times. Like it's just gonna happen. Yeah, I mean, uh, LSU, LSU has not played New Mexico yet in their program's history. So they have played New Mexico State a couple times, though. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I just, whenever I think New Mexico, I think New Mexico State. And yeah. I also get New Mexico mixed up with Nevada sometimes. I don't know why. I just do. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, Jarek Reed II is the safety to keep note of. Um, he has had a fantastic season. He is one of the highest PFF graded defenders period. Um, and again, they haven't played crazy competition, but he's done. Uh, that's what I say whenever people is like, Oh, they haven't played anybody. He's they've done what they should do against the competition that they've played. Uh, they've dominated. And, um, uh, linebacker Cody Moon is coming off of a monster game with 11 tackles, two sacks, two tackles for a loss. Um, this is a defense that it, it's going to be a similar look to last week. And don't think just because it's New Mexico that they're not going to push you. Yeah, I, I know that their defensive coordinator does come from that Zach Arnett tree as well. I know they've worked together in the past. Um, so you're, you're right. You're going to see a very similar kind of style, I think. And you know, I think what really worked last week for LSU, you know, we kind of saw it there in the second half. Um, you know, 
we talked about a little bit too um, when we last did a podcast. There's a difference between playing fast and playing up tempo, and I think LSU really found something when they went up tempo. When they had Jaden get the ball out quickly, uh, make you know his first or, first or second read, and get the ball to the playmakers, um, I think that's going to be huge. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how you know John Emery looks after a week. You know, I think you could probably surmise that he had a little bit of rust. Uh, in that first half against Mississippi State, but I think he looked a lot better in that second half. And so uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how he kind of progresses uh, in his offensive role uh, as well. Um, you know, I think it's going to be a big game, um, you know, no doubt for Daniels in terms of his decision-making and in terms of him hitting his receivers. You know, you want to see an efficient night out of Daniels uh, against an opponent like this. And uh, I think LSU is going to be, uh, in, in pretty good shape. I would imagine LSU's in pretty good shape in this one. Um, you know, I think it's going to be uh, really important for LSU to get kind of a fast start. You know, that was something that's really plagued them in two of these three games so far. So, um, you know, getting off to a fast start, just fixing some of the things on special teams, um, you know, just, just kind of playing with the fundamentals and being a little bit more fundamentally sound, uh, I think is what you really want to see um, against an opponent like this that you should be able to handle. But, um are there any other, I guess, takeaways you have from this game? Anything that you want to learn uh, about these two teams? Or do you think we've pretty much kind of touched on most of it? Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. I think we've kind of touched on it. You just want want to look solid. You want to look uh you want to look good and you want to the goal for LSU is to have your starters sit at some point in this game. You yeah. want to play you, you want to play fundamentally sound. You want to play yeah, you don't want this game to ever be in question. Um, and we, we've seen SEC teams struggle with that against lesser opponents. So it's not something you can expect, but that's the goal is to n- uh, not have a hangover from your good performance. Take take that momentum and then come out even better uh, against a lesser opponent. Yeah, I mean, just a, just a couple of kind of notes here that are coming to mind. Um, you know, it, it sounds like it's going to be the same offensive line this weekend in terms of starters. You have Emory Jones over at right tackle. Uh, you're going to have Miles Frazier and, and Garrett Dellinger handling the guard positions. You're going to have uh, Charles Turner at center and then Will Campbell, obviously, at left tackle. So, um, you know, there's going to be a consistent rotation, I think, for the first time all season. You know, they've done a little bit of mixing and matching these first three weeks, trying to find the right combo. Uh, and it sounds like they've found it. But um, Anthony Bradford will also be active um, for the offensive line. Um He's going to get some rotation snaps, and I think um, uh, Traymond Shorts will as well. Um, so it's going to be, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to be watching the offensive line a little bit too here. I think it's going to be important that those guys go out and have a dominant performance, um, and, I, and I'm just really looking forward to seeing what those guys do. Um, I guess we can move on a little bit here. Um, I do. Oh, also did want to note an interesting move that we've we've seen. I we don't have any like if it's permanent, but Fitzgerald West, as for now has moved from the offensive line to the defensive line. Right. Um, 
we haven't seen a ton of Fitzgerald West, but what do you, what do you think? Is there anything off the top of your head that you think like that his style of play on the offense could translate? Well, I know, I know the last, you know, the last staff really recruited him and he was kind of a hybrid player. They weren't really sure where mm-hmm. his future was going to be because he could, he could play both sides of the, of the line. And I think he's going to be uh, a name to follow as kind of what his position looks like. You know, LSU just had a player like that. who seemingly switched every six months and Joseph Evans, he was a guy that was one, one year, an offensive lineman, the next, you know, several months, he was going to be a, a nose tackle and he moved back to the old line. So, um, you know, I'm going to be interested to see where Fitzgerald sticks. He's an athlete. He's, uh, I think got a little bit of a ways to go in terms of being ready to, you know, knock, you know, knock, knock knees with some of those guys in, in, in the SEC in terms of the big physical interior linemen. So mm-hmm. maybe that's why they wanted to shift him to nose tackle um, to where he can build a little bit more strength and where he can be kind of the aggressor instead of the, you know, kind of the O-line and trying to block some of those bigger guys. So um, I'll be, you know, interested to see where he goes from here. But um, he's another one of those young guys that I guess you could see get some playing time if LSU kind of handles its business early in this game. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be looking at Sage Ryan, too. I think he, 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 he really played well last week against Mississippi State, and I'm going to be curious to see if he gets some more slot reps and, um, you know, just kind of what his role looks like as we head into an Auburn game uh, that is going to be, uh, I think, LSU uh, very advantageous for the defense considering what their quarterback situation is looking right, like right now for Auburn. So, um, you know, I guess with that, we can move on to some of the other SEC games this week. Um, I know that there's really a couple here that we're going to key in on. Arkansas, Texas A&M uh, tomorrow night is going to be one that's going to be very interesting. Um, you, know, you got Florida and Tennessee in the afternoon on CBS with, uh, you know, with the volunteers hosting the Gators. That's going to be another top 25 matchup. Um, just w- what are your, guess, early thoughts on on the week's slate and just some of the games that you're going to be uh, really work looking at uh, in terms of the SEC standings? Well, uh, it is also important to note and important to watch this weekend. Uh, it's not a high profile matchup, but Auburn is playing Mizzou. Mm-hmm. Um, LSU, of course, travels to Auburn, Auburn next week, and TJ Finley's been banged up uh, a little bit, and Zach Calzada has uh, taken a red shirt this season. So, rise up right now, I think it's just Robbie Ashford, um, and, unless TJ Finley comes back. Um, so that uh, the quarterbacks uh, are something to watch against uh, for Auburn, and if Auburn drops this game at home to Mizzou you're probably looking at a coach coach getting fired and a lot of turmoil heading into uh, LSU's first road SEC game. So that's definitely something to watch. And just um, kind of uh, – just I'll throw it in there. I mean, it's, it's this is kind of setting up to be a classic LSU game of, uh, you know, you go in there with a lot of high expectations and then maybe the, the Tigers falter early and, and just don't get themselves back into it. It seems like they're – there's always at least one game a year where LSU goes in with some confidence, with some momentum, uh, and it just gets dashed. Um, and that's yeah. kind of been the recent history. Especially those Auburn games. Next week, yeah, we're, right. next yeah. week we're, we're going to have to figure out what our favorite Auburn memory is <laughs> because there are a ton of crazy Auburn games. It's always one of those good matchups for LSU yeah. in terms of just always being entertaining except for that. 48-7 monstrosity a couple years ago where they got absolutely obliterated. Uh, at uh, yeah. 
I got, yeah, I got a, uh, I got on the student section last year. I mean, uh, in the uh, on at, on ESPN in the student section last year, whenever Bo Nix was running around, it was well, it was me in despair, but yeah. <laughs> it was Bo Nix running around. But that was fun. Oh, is that uh, your profile picture? On it, Twitter? It, it it was for a while. Yeah, yeah. it yeah. was for a while. Yeah. I have to bring. I'll bring that back for Auburn week. Okay. Um, Definitely. But uh, other than that, you know, Georgia playing Kent State. That'll probably be a close one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Georgia, uh, number one Georgia on upset alert. Yeah, Kent State. And then another one LSU fans have to watch out for is uh, Florida at Tennessee. Anthony Richardson still hasn't thrown a touchdown pass this season, which is insane. Uh, he does have three tackles, which is the best stat ever. <laughs> he has three more tackles than he has touchdown passes through three games. Uh, that home all season. Oh, yeah. Well, until he, until, at least until it evens out, <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. having three tackles and one passing touchdown is not still not better. Uh, so yeah. not great. But um, obviously, those are two LSU opponents coming up soon. So another uh, a good gauge of uh, how you can watch one game and get a gauge of how two LSU opponents play. Um, because Tennessee, I have been high on Tennessee all year long, dating back to the preseason. They were a preseason top 15 team for me. I was all in on the Volunteers, and they've done nothing but prove my point, uh, in my opinion, that they're, they're a serious team this year. Um, and Florida has reached the high of the highs and the low of the lows. So really just no clue what to see from them. Up and down for Billy Napier to start out there at Florida, for sure. Um, I think a lot of us were a little bit surprised that they lost um, that game uh, last week. It was, um, but yeah, oh, they, they didn't. They didn't two lose. Weeks they, ago. Yeah, two, two weeks, weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. and then they almost lost last week yeah. against USF in just a terrible performance overall from that team. So, especially after that week one, where it looked like Richardson was going to be an early Heisman favorite, and well, he looked really kinda, good, kind of come crashing back down to earth for him, but. Yeah, I mean, look, there's going to be lots of uh, fun games to watch this weekend. Um, it's getting to be about that time where there's going to be a lot of SEC on SEC matchups. You know, you're going to uh, get a lot of that next week too. But um, this is going to be a, a, a good game, I think, for LSU. You hate to use the word tune-up game, but it definitely feels like that for, for the Tigers. It's scary to use the tune-up. Tune yeah. Well, to be fair, this is a little bit different than uh, – it was, I think it was ESPN listed Tulane as a tune-up game for Kansas State, which I think is a little bit of a stretch. I, yeah, that is. Uh, yeah. Listen, Tulane's uh, roll wave, roll wave. Yeah, um, yeah. Another th- important thing to note, um, LSU takes on New Mexico at home at 6.30 p.m. kick, and it's going to be on ESPN Plus and the SEC Network Plus. If you're looking for the game on TV, you're not going to find it. It's yeah. one of those times where it's going to be really annoying to find. Um, so just, you know, keep trying. Yeah. You're going to be, uh, either paying the four or $5 for the one month of ESPN plus, mm-hmm. or you get to listen to the magical Chris Blair and, uh, the LSU Tigers network. Uh, I know those guys do a great job every week. So, yeah, uh, I do have a gripe with ESPN while we're on the topic. ESPN, you <laughs> should be included with ESPN plus. You would it think makes, so. It makes it's no like, sense. I don't know what you have to buy to get ESPN, you, um, I guess you. I, I, just I think you have to have. Itself. I think you have to have cable to get yeah. ESPN, which doesn't make any sense. If you're going to have a streaming service that people pay for, just put well, your channels on there. It doesn't make any basic sense. Basic cable doesn't carry ESPN. Yeah, no. Yeah, you have to buy. Yeah, you have to buy a an extra program 
but you yeah. get SEC network. So it really doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Because, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Vanderbilt, Alabama kicks off at the same time on SEC network, which is why LSU is getting pushed to streaming only. Yep. Well, that'll be, uh, it'll be a fun weekend. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this weekend. It's going to be a good one. Uh, should be a pretty, I would imagine a pretty relaxing one, um, for LSU, but you know, you never know. I think there's going to be some big plays in there. Uh, definitely some, some, uh, some interesting matchups to look at and some guys that I think are going to get um, a lot of opportunity. I would like to see Garrett Nussmeyer get a little bit of a shot here um, to kind of maybe rectify yes. himself from that game two weeks ago. You know that's probably just been sitting on his mind for the last two weeks. I'm sure he would like to come out and get his feet wet a little bit and make some good plays. So if LSU's able to pull away, I uh, would hope that he gets a little bit of an opportunity and maybe Walker Howard does as well. So um, – you know, I think you know we've kind of touched on most of what we wanted to talk about. Um, you know, like we like we always say, you know, give us a, a like on YouTube. You know, follow us on you know your podcast wherever you get those from. Um, we'll have a great weekend. We'll be back here on Sunday, recapping the game and looking ahead to Auburn next week. Um, but with that, you know, I'm I'm Glenn West. He's Dylan Sanders, and we'll see you guys real soon. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.